0: welcome back to global blue nosers everybody uh so before we get started with episode one here i just wanted to to mention something so this was my my very first attempt at doing a a podcast interview and as you can imagine the first time and anything you you learn a lot so with this episode especially early on a few audio issues here and there gets a bit scratchy um i think i get away with it for the first one but i don't think i i get it past going forward. So uh I'm I'm getting that sorted away, but I wanted to acknowledge it early. Um our guest for, for episode one, uh my good friend Charles Gillis. He's got some great stuff to say, so don't let uh a little bit of audio here and there uh stop you from listening to uh to his great advice and story. So yeah I just wanted to acknowledge that and I won't delay any longer. So let's get some theme music rolling. When the tide rushes in and you feel at home again, there's a peace that purifies your soul. Though you never really know just which way the wind will blow, but I'm sure that I must sail away. Welcome everyone to Global Blue Nosers, The uh, so surprise to my guest, the very first actual episode of Global Blue Nosers. Uh I'm super happy to be joined today by the one and only Charles Gillis. Uh, Charles, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Sean. Um,
0: I, I hope I didn't put too much pressure on you. You're okay being the very first person to to be interviewed for 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 this one, are you?
1: It's a tremendous amount of pressure, but I'm I'm willing to make Make the sacrifice. So. I,
0: I knew you would. I knew I knew you would be. Um, you know, just to set context for everybody. So Charles is somebody that that I've known. I mean, we've known each other virtually now for what four years or so. A bit, um, bit
1: longer. Yeah.
0: Bit bit longer. Um, you know, I, I mentioned in the very first episode when I I came back to Nova Scotia and, and took over the Connect NS program. Uh, part of that was getting to to meet people. Charles was one of the first people I spoke to and your enthusiasm right away, I was like, okay, this is a guy that's going to want to help Nova Scotia. You were all in from the very first conversation. So um, it's awesome that I get to talk to you through this uh, sort of new side project for me.
1: Uh, it's, it's great to be here.
0: So let's dive right into it. So the whole point of Global Blue Nose is, is to get to know the people out there in the world that, that are advocates for the province. So how about you just tell everybody, who Charles Gillis is, a little bit of your background and, and what you do.
1: Well, um, I I am. Uh, I, it doesn't make for 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 great podcast material, but I'm an exceptionally boring person, generally <laughs> speaking. Um, I'm uh, I'm a native Texan, born and bred. Uh, I uh, I have worked for law firms for almost thirty years now, um, uh, and um, I think the the thing that that has connected us together. Uh, is that I became so um, enthralled uh, and in love with Nova Scotia uh, uh, ever since my first visit um, that I've made any excuse possible, created any reason to justify going up uh, or, or finding a way to, to connect with more people in the province uh, to the point that people started to think I was from there. Um, you know, I, I, I never once portrayed myself as a Nova Scotian, but people made the assumption because they would ask a question uh, about where to go in Nova Scotia or what to see or what to do. And I had a, a, a usually pretty good reply from experience. And they're like, well, right, when did you move to Texas? Uh, and, uh, and, and so, you know, I think um, I'm just a regular guy uh, who was lucky enough to get to travel to an area that really spoke to him. Uh, and, uh, you know, sort of got there, you know, once, once you, once you visit Nova Scotia for the first time, if you come from away, uh, you get hooked, it gets under your skin. Uh, and, uh, it's what keeps bringing me back to the place.
0: Yeah, it's, and I think that's a really important point. So the, you, you know, this about me, Charles, I'm a big believer that. You know, being born and raised in Nova Scotia is one way to be a Nova Scotian, but there's there's a whole bunch of ways. And I I've always said that you're one of the 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 most through and through Nova Scotians I've ever met. So, but so let's let's dig into sort of how that relationship started. Tell me about that first visit. Like, what what made you choose Nova Scotia, and what was that like?
1: Yeah. So it was it was a long time ago. Uh, I you know my, my kiddos were were just toddlers, and uh, the grandparents. Uh, uh, kept them for a week and my wife and I did a road trip. We, We rented a charger and had never been to the Maritimes before but thought we're gonna hit New Brunswick, PEI and Nova Scotia. And loved New Brunswick, loved PEI, but we got to Nova Scotia and we were just hooked. It felt comfortable, we loved the food, we loved the music, we loved the people. And we were just like, wow, this is a really neat place. We felt real comfortable. Uh, and and we thought okay where what what's the hook you know there's got there's, this is this is this is too there's too many good things uh and uh w- but we, we left with such a wonderful impression uh and my wife is is quite a good photographer and she took just hundreds and hundreds of photos all across the province when we got back to texas um i immediately thought i want to go back to nova scotia so I went to the internet and uh, I'm like, what did I miss? Where do we want to go next time? Uh, and and in doing so, I hit um, uh, sort of a touristy um, uh, website um, uh, from Destination Halifax, uh, and they had a contest, uh, and it was a perfect day in Halifax. Submit your photo, write a little narrative, and uh, we'll pick uh, we'll pick winners each month, and you could win a lobster pack. You could win you know, something from Nova Scotia. So we entered, uh, Karen had taken a, a wonderful photo from the gates of the Citadel looking down on the city. Uh, this was before a lot of the big development had come. So it was a great view right down to the, to the, to the harbor. And we get a notice from them, saying, we really need to talk to you, you've, you've won. So we thought, oh great, we we won some lobster. So we call them and they're like, no, 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 you won the annual prize which was a trip back to Nova Scotia. So we immediately came back uh, and uh, through that trip, we met so many other people. And that time people were like, oh, you're in Texas. Well, my company has got a client in Texas or, or my company is trying to get a client in Texas or we're exporting something to Texas. It's a huge economy here. So then I became sort of the, oh, here's a guy I know in Texas And that led to more and more and more connections until like I started to hear from the government, started to work with an SBI, started to work with the, with the chamber down here. And I just became sort of the conduit to help people uh, uh, to or from Nova Scotia get connected to people who could help them with their businesses.
0: That's amazing. I love, I love the fact that you just like threw in a photo and you're like, oh, see if we can win something. And then you get a trip to come back. Uh, So, so I mean, I, it's, I've always been fascinated by the, you know, with your story, especially the way it's gone from coming and visiting to the point where you, know, you, were, you, know, you and I worked together quite a bit in terms of helping Nova Scotia companies access the American market. So like, that was the starting point, that second trip, that's when you started to have some of those conversations that led down that path?
1: It, it really was. The, the other side to it, um, at the time, Texas did not have a very good beer scene. Uh, and and as as you know, Sean, I, I do enjoy a good pint, uh, and I was very impressed with the Nova Scotian craft brewers, and I thought, okay, I'm going to get, um, I've got to get this beer down here, right? I can get beer from everywhere in the world in Texas. Quebec beer is, I'm everywhere. You can get it at the grocery store, uh, and and I thought, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be, you know, involved in that process. Not easy. <laughs> Not at all. But I created a blog to sort of promote it. Uh, I think it was called the Texas Beer Embassy, uh, and it was a, a Tumblr account or something. I did it for a while, and it was fun. Connected with a lot of the breweries uh, in Nova Scotia, and uh, and created a lot of awareness on on the great beers that were there. Um, uh, and so so part of it was was you know good business trying to create prosperity in both both economies. Uh, and then part of it was I I wanted Nova Scotian beer in my own backyard, um, but but I think there's a bigger theme there that I think all the great things about Nova Scotia, I would like to have a little bit of that here. Uh, you know I've been I've been visiting Canada you know since I was 18 or 19, um, but but I think anytime we make the exchanges. Um, it, 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 it gives us an opportunity to create more connections and bring back some of your traditions, some of the, some of the ways, the, the, the different perspectives, uh, different traditions, histories. I, I like to, to have that. In fact, um, you can see uh, uh, Sean behind me since we're actually on a camera. Uh, on my wall there, that's the front page of, of, uh, of, of the Halifax newspaper from the day after the explosion. Uh, it it's a reminder to me of the resiliency and the incredible history and the community that existed there and how the city recovered and what it's become today i mean there's just so many great stories that are examples that i could use in my own life that it just it's it's just hard to stay away from
0: yeah, I, I, I can definitely understand that. That that's a feeling I know know quite well. Um, so I, I got to put you on the spot. You mentioned craft beer, and you know that's you know something that I've always been interested in too. So some of your what are some of your top choices? You know when you think about some of the options up here.
1: Well, so I I'm I I'm definitely biased. Um, I love Good Robot and the guys behind it. Um, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of, of Garrison's um, uh, uh, Nine Nine Locks. Yep. Tasty beers. Um, uh, there's so many good ones. Um, uh, you know, in the whole region, it's really good. But but Nova Scotia is great. And I'll be honest, I'll, I'll drink a Keats over anything they make down here any day. Um, uh, and and so it's it's kind of funny because we have I have this sort of ritual when I when I get to Canada that there are three things that I drink like immediately. Uh, so I arrive thirsty. At at uh, at the airport, I get a double double. I hit Tim's. I get the double double. On the way to where we're going, I stop and get a clamato, which you can find down here now. But it used to, you know, I can't I can't find like the the, the versions uh, that are up there, right? So maybe I have a Caesar, uh, and then I and then I have a, a you know I have a, a good Nova Scotian beer, whichever the first one I can find. So it's like I'm I, I arrive thirsty and and. Quench my thirst
0: within the first hour. Love it. Yeah. No, those those are all good options. I mean, I, I, I do love the guys at Good Robot too. And they've been doing some really interesting stuff. I mean, they've got their new production facility that they opened up. They they're pretty much able to produce more than any other you know, anybody from the from that scene. So no, they're they're an amazing group. And I know that they, you know, they've got their eyes set on big things around making sure that their beer does get out to, to people like you around the world.
1: So I have I have um, stole their one of their lines. I, I use it frequently, and sometimes I attribute the credit. Uh, but but they you know I, I read something early on that they were you know, three engineers who uh, who uh, left who created a beer to pursue their dream of not being an engineer anymore. Something like that. You know I mean it's I, I think they've had a lot of fun with it, but they're business people who make beer, not just beer, fans who try to make a business. And I think that's the difference and that's why they're going to be wildly successful.
0: Yeah. well, And so, I mean, you've really had the benefit. You've seen Nova Scotia from a lot of different angles. I mean, you, you came here as somebody that didn't really know much about it. You developed that relationship. You've nurtured that relationship. You know, you've, you've come back often as a, as a visitor, you've been an advocate. So, you know, the one thing I'm always curious about is you've done a lot of work on on sort of supporting those bilateral relationships from a business perspective, you know, really about creating those ties between Nova Scotia, not just Nova Scotia, but all of Canada, the, the, that business community into the U.S. market. When you look at, say, Nova Scotia and what you've seen over the years. You know, what are some of the things that you would tell somebody that, that knows nothing about the business community up here? Because, um, you know, those are conversations that are probably going to happen in your life as, as somebody who's an advocate for a place like this.
1: Sure. Well, well, first of all, I think the, the business community in Nova Scotia uh, and, and the government in Nova Scotia it, is, it does a really good job in being open to connections and looking for opportunities. So, to give you an example, uh, we brought a group of executive MBA students from the big university here in Dallas, University of Texas. Uh, And uh, the executive program uh, travels every year to different locations uh, to meet with business executives. And one year, there was a a, a new program uh, director that came into her position with very little time. The former director had passed away. There was an interim. And so she is in the role, and suddenly has to come up with a trip. Uh, and and I talked to her, and she's like, "I that's top of top of list. I've got to scramble and find something." And I thought, "No, you don't. You can. We could go to Nova Scotia because they've got this wonderful economic uh, um, survey that they've done. Uh, this is the the one Nova Scotia Ivany uh, report. Uh, and I had read that. and I thought, here's a here is a." a uh, a community that is going to be honest about the challenges, the constraints, um, aware of the history, the, get, get all the stakeholders involved the community, the unions, the education, uh, um, indigenous communities. Every, everyone had a, had a, a role in the, the survey and had a voice in the, in the dialogue. Uh, and so I thought, this is what a great thing to study. So we, we put the report in front of our students. Uh, and brought um a group of you know maybe 25 30 people up and the city just opened up to us um, Saint Mary's University hosted us we met with their students um, premier McNeil uh, uh came out uh and uh and and met with us uh our students took questions for more than an hour um um mayor savage was at one of our events but we you know business leaders from from the you know, Irving shipyard uh to Uh, to, you know, a a small local coffee shop chain, everybody stepped up and had something to share uh, about the Nova Scotian experience, the Haligonian experience, and sort of the business community, and it was a great trip, and it created connections. And I think that's the key, is that anytime we can create an opportunity to get, you know, people from where you are to talk to people from where I am, we we expose ourselves to opportunities and and open windows, and, and I think it's just it it it's really helpful that the Nova Scotian mindset um with with some people not with all but but there are enough people like you that are trying to to export not just only opportunities but but you know the idea right because a lot of people here have never heard of Nova Scotia. Yeah and anytime I had convinced someone to go up there they can't wait to get back. We just have to we just have to have the connection and then great things happen.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm 100 percent on board with with that with that idea, and I mean, I guess I'm curious to to learn a little bit more about that. I mean, you, I, I know how much you advocate for people to come up and see Nova Scotia themselves. It, what's it like talking to someone about Nova Scotia who has no idea where we are or what we are?
1: Yeah, yeah, people are genuinely interested uh, when they when they hear about. I mean, because I, I'll just. You have to overcome the stereotypes first. So I think it's easier now than it was 20 years ago because we have the internet, and we have podcasts, and we have you know a, a lot more information now. But if you were to ask a Texan 20 years ago, um, you know the the impression of what what is in Canada as as a whole is oh it's very cold, you know, and and you know it's like you play hockey and it's all the just the, the ugly stereotypes and some of them, you know some of maybe. Based in, in, in a, 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 you know, some former former uh, knowledge that people have here, obviously you guys kick our ass in winter sports and, uh, you know, there's a, a, a long history between us. You're our biggest trade partner, et cetera. But a lot of people just had never been there. Uh, and um, every time people see photos, like my wife, uh, with, her, with, with her photography, would create these, um, these picture books. Uh, And, you know, I would always leave them around my office. And people assumed they were, like, travel books that you could, you know, buy in the store. It's like, no, these are my family. They're like, wait, why is your kid in this book? (laughs) Because my wife made it. Um, But people see it, and they're blown away by the natural beauty. Uh, They're not aware that, you know, there's all all the different beautiful beaches. And it's like, you're never, I don't think you're more than 40 miles from the water anywhere you are in the province uh and and so um you know that i think is is eye-opening to people they don't realize how many different things you can do uh and i think the the sort of people in the tourism industry up there have done a pretty good job in getting those images out to people to say hey you can go tidal bore rafting or you can go hiking or you can you know you can ski wentworth you can you know i mean all these things you can get uh uh a single malt scotch you know up on up on a uh, uh, up in Cape Breton you could you know just the there's so much and I think the history also surprises people um, that they don't realize that you know by the time Texas was a state you know people people obviously have been living in Nova Scotia forever but if you look at you know even like the Acadians were there you know 200 years earlier, uh then, then then you know, we set up shop here. So I think there's a lot um that surprises people and as soon as they get a taste of it they wanna they wanna
0: So, I you mean, I really started this podcast because of seeing the, the, the people in the world, such as yourself, that that wanted to come together and support Nova Scotia. So what is it that you think is about Nova Scotia that makes people want to come together and create community to, to connect with one another and, and do things as a group as opposed to just individually?
1: You know, I, I think there is, um, uh, as you said, there's a sense of community that exist, whether you are um, uh, a blue noser by birth or uh, an, an ally and a blue noser by choice, um, and and I will say it it has created so many um, opportunities to make new friends, uh, to to help people out, um, uh, and uh, and really to kind of expand um, in, a, in, a, in a circle of people that, that, that share similar values. Uh, and, and, I, and that's very appealing. So, so I have, it's very interesting because I have run into people uh, down here in the States who are aware of Nova Scotia. It's not a secret uh, to everybody anymore. And I think, I think your brand uh, continues to grow. And so when you meet people Um, It's almost like, oh, I've been there, too. What a great place. And then whoever else is in the room is like, well, what am I missing out on? Right. Uh, And so I think there is sort of a a a connection that that occurs um, that that goes even beyond the Nova Scotia boundaries. So anytime someone I know from Nova Scotia is is coming down, you know, it's like, okay, well, now we've got to get together um, you know, people from the Canada, Texas Chamber uh, or Canadian expats. And, you know, there's quite a few in Texas. Um, uh, and so it's just it just sort of it's a gathering, um, uh, you know. It, it, and so I, I do think it is kind of fun to see how many people either have a, an existing connection or a growing connection or an interest in a connection. And it's pretty easy to tie those things together when you start talking about it.
0: So that, those are all really good points about like why people would come together, why people want that sense of community. So when you have that, I'm always curious what comes from that. So, you know, in your opinion, like what's the impact of having people like you and a, a large group of people like you out in the world talking about Nova Scotia? Uh,
1: you know, the I will tell you the, the awareness I, like, here's a silly example. When I look at the, the weather on, on TV now, Nova Scotia is actually on the weather map now, right? It used to like end at Maine. And, and there's a joke to be made about American mastery of geography. Uh, but it's nice to see sort of North America uh, now, um, because, you know, the storms don't just stop at the border. Uh, and and so so when I explain to people sort of where Nova Scotia is now, it's like, oh, I think I kind of know where that is. Yeah, it's across the bay from Maine. And here's, you know, here's, no, here's New Brunswick. Oh, OK, I got it. And so the first uh, barrier that a lot of people uh, would have is, oh, that's so far away. Like, how long does it take you to get there? And there's not a direct flight from Dallas. So I leave in the morning. I'm there by 3.30 or so. I've got to, you know, I can get, I can go through Toronto or or Philadelphia or New York or uh, Montreal. I, I can get there. It's just I got to take a stop somewhere on the way. Um, but but that's not a huge burden. It's not like an overnighter. Uh, and once people realize that, oh, I can leave in the morning and be there for happy hour. Um, and and I will tell you, the flights are pretty affordable too. They still are. So so I could fly to Halifax for about the price that I could fly. To Houston, which is just a four hour drive from me. Uh, so, so I think the barriers are, are perceptional. Uh, and once people realize that when you get there, um, first of all, there's so much to do, there's so much you know, like value for the tourists, um, but because of the exchange rate for our Americans, everything is on sale when you go to Canada uh, and, and, and it has been for years. Uh, and so, so I think that as soon as we sort of chip away from these preconceived notions that it's far away, and I don't know what's there. We replace those with, yeah, it's easy to get there, it's cheap to get there, and when you get there, here are all the things that you can do and see. Um, it gets people uh, to, to you know, to consider making that, putting it on their on their list. But once they get there, you know, and and I've seen this. I've actually taken um, attorneys, uh, friends of mine, up there that wanted to look at property, uh, and it's like once you go, then it's like, okay, how can I. Create a, a hook to get me back. How can I invest in the province? How can I, um, uh, uh, you know, create a situation that's going to guarantee my return? And that's not uncommon.
0: And yeah, I mean, I've seen the impact of of your work on just like that uh, over the years so all really good points but now it's time to change change gears we've had some serious stuff now we got to change gears um you know you talked earlier about having nova scotia beer in texas um but you know what what else would you like to see on the shelves like if you think about what's available here in nova scotia what's made here in nova scotia uh, if you could you know, if you could just snap your fingers and have Nova Scotia product on the shelves down there, what would you like to see?
1: Okay, I would I would love to have uh, I'm gonna I'm going I'm gonna map out my, my favorite evening here. I would love to have uh, the ability to walk into a, a, a KOD, a King of Donair, uh, and and get a get a, a, a big drippy Donair uh, and a Nova Scotian beer. Um, that right there would be, you know, dream come true for me. And frankly, why there's not a Nova Scotian entrepreneur who's come down here to do it with all these college towns. And I mean, there's, there's, there are 30 million people in Texas. Uh, and, and I've seen it with poutine, Like People know poutine down here now. They don't know how to make it, but they, but you know, they know what it is and they want more of it. Imagine if we just had donors everywhere. Right, uh, and and with that, I would probably throw in a little bit of Nova Scotian music as well, uh, and uh, and I think I you know I think that's uh, uh, would do really well here. I will say though, from from the business side, there are a lot of of, of things that um, I would like to see more of. Um, I would love to see. Um, I mean, on my grocery store shelf, it'd be great if I could get Nova Scotia blueberries, if I could get Nova Scotian apples um uh i i can get some um uh of the um uh like specialty like infused maple syrups and you know every once in a while we can find something but but i do think that that getting um seeing the the maple leaf on a product label gets my attention and if i can see that it's from nova scotia i'm probably going to try it out no matter what it is Um, but i will say there's a lot of professional services uh, and things that, um, that are coming out of Nova Scotia uh, that, that really do connect our industries. And so I've seen Nova Scotian people, uh, business people, business leaders at the Offshore Technology Conference in Houston. This is a conference that sometimes has 100,000 uh, professionals from around the world. It is the center of the, 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 the Western world's energy market. Uh, and it's focused highly on offshore drilling uh, and technologies. And, uh, and, and you know, that can be uh, gas, oil, wind. Uh, and I see Nova Scotians there. Uh, that's great. Uh, I think in the, in the tech world, uh, we're seeing you know, the change to EV batteries. I have a hybrid car now. Well, where's one of the best you know, battery researchers in the world? Dalhousie, right? So I think that's the thing is it's, it's fun to say, Nova Scotians make better beer and, uh, and try to get a better donor anywhere you can't. But really, there's some high end uh, uh, technical uh, professional services that come out of there. Uh, and and I have hired I've been a client of some I used to use a company in Halifax uh, for employee assessments. It was a great technology predictive analytics and uh, loved it. And so that's I think you, you bring people in uh, and as soon as they get connected, they'll realize the high level of, of of options that exist in the whole business community.
0: It's so true. That's and that's a really good point. There are so many companies here in Nova Scotia offering solutions that the world needs. Um, so, so we're going to end off here with sort of some quick quick fire questions. Um, first of all, uh, let's get your top advice to those Nova Scotia companies with with those great solutions, what's your top advice for them um, if they were looking to enter the US market?
1: uh, To come to the market, I think what you'll find is there's a very receptive network. Um, The consular uh, core is incredible. Uh, So a lot of Canadian business people don't realize that they have um, their own government, you know, existing in, in the US. So the consulate general in, uh, for Canada, for Texas, is, is based in Dallas. So if you're trying to sell into a vibrant market like Dallas, you can connect with, um, with the consulate's office uh, and they know everyone. They have access to the, to the marketplace uh, and they've been here for more than 50 years. Um, I will say there's also a lot of great uh, chambers, uh, Chamber of Commerce. There's one here, uh, the Canada Texas Chamber of Commerce, um, I used to be on the board, great people, but they're always looking for um, reasons to, to connect and celebrate. So any Canadian business group that comes down for a, a trade mission, um, any delegates that come down, government officials, dignitaries, um, there's a, a whole business community that, that gets uh, excited about that and pulls together. So I think I think that the, the key thing is, is there is there is a desire to connect and an interest to connect. Uh, and and so a lot of people fear that, okay, well I have to create this interest. The interest is already there. You just have to you just have to connect the, the pieces and, and network to the, the right folks and then we can fill a room
0: that's really great advice Charles. And uh you know I've been lucky enough to talk to companies that have taken that advice from you and spoken to you before before they went into the US market. So I really hope people were taking notes because I, I know that, uh, that you've helped quite a few people when it comes to that. All right, so next one. Uh, and I just want to say in advance here, uh, Charles didn't want to see the questions before we chatted. So let's see how he does on this one. Um, okay, give us uh, your sales pitch to someone in Texas looking to invest in Canada. Uh, why, why Nova Scotia pitch them on Nova Scotia?
1: Uh, okay. So I would say there's a lot of great things in Nova Scotia, but look at how it, it is Austin in the 1990s. Uh, everyone here will get that right. Because Austin is an incredibly dynamic city. Uh, it's tech based. It's, it's, it's young, it's vibrant, it's diversified. Um, uh, and I see a lot of the things in Halifax that I saw in Austin before it became the mega city that it is. Uh, and, uh, I think that's the right combination of university, uh, and, and, you know, the, the population, the young, young, young professionals, great, great city. So, so I have literally told people it's like Austin in the nineties. And, and that was the end of my pitch because they got it and they know what's coming next.
0: See, I knew you were just going to knock that one right out of the park without any advance notice. That was that was awesome. Uh, we're lucky to have you down in Texas, Charles. Um, okay, here we go. This is this is one of my one of my favorite uh, types of questions. So you've got twenty four hours in in Nova Scotia. That's it. You're you're going to land, and then you're leaving in twenty four hours. Give me the the Charles Gillis perfect day in Nova
1: Scotia. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start the day uh, on the waterfront. Um, uh, hopefully it's, a, it's a, a day when the, the uh, farmer's market's open uh, and I'm gonna walk next door and I'm gonna have a pint um, uh, at Garrison's and then I'm gonna uh, get something to eat as I walk further. I'm gonna hit one of the museums uh, and essentially walk my way into downtown, up the hill, um, uh, stop for a, a coffee, of course, uh, and then I'm going to get in the car after lunch, maybe somewhere off the Grand Parade, and zip out to the valley uh, and, uh, and probably stop in Wolfville for something to eat uh, uh, and drink because uh, there's a lot of great options there, on my way to the perfect lobster uh, and end uh, the day looking at the water somewhere on somewhere the bay uh, and enjoying that, 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 that beautiful high tide. Low tide that comes in like nowhere else in the world.
0: That sounds like just about the the perfect day, which is uh, exactly what I expected from you, Charles. Um, that's amazing. So i I think we're gonna wrap it there, man. Uh, but before we do, I just wanna I just wanna say a huge thank you, um, not just for for doing doing the podcast today. The the first episode is as I try to get my feet under me on this. But I just want to say a big thank you for for everything you've done over the years that I've known you. Uh, you've just been that tireless advocate for the province, um, always willing to pick up the phone and, and help where you can. So I just want to say a massive thank you for for everything you you have done for Nova Scotia, everything I know you're going to do for the province, uh, and for for always being there to, to help me out when I'm trying to do some, some good stuff for the province as well. So thanks so much. I, I really, really appreciate it.
1: No, well, thank you so much. It's a, it's a, a very special place in the world. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have um, uh, so many good friends like you, Sean, there that, that help keep me connected to it.
0: Well, that was fun. Uh, definitely uh, um, an episode of many firsts uh, for me. Uh, so I'm gonna give you a little behind the scenes on on that episode. So as I said at the beginning, uh, the, you know there were some audio issues that you could you could hear throughout that one. But what I what I didn't tell you is so through the rec- halfway through the recording of, of this episode with Charles, um, my audio cut out, so it stopped recording any of the stuff I was talking about. So uh, if you if you notice that it sounded a little bit different. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you behind the scenes. I had to go back and record, re-record my questions to Charles and splice everything together. So the, the life of podcasting I'm discovering is, is anything but luxurious. It's, uh, it's just all about learning on the fly. But that was a lot of fun. I, I always enjoy talking to Charles, and, and I want to thank him again for, for coming on the show. He was a great first guest, very, uh, very patient with me. So, Global Blue Nosers is a uh, Some Good Media and Entertainment production. It's recorded and edited by me, Sean Meister. Our theme song is I Must Sail Away by Lunenburg-based band Black Matilda. And just like every episode going forward, you're going to see a link to their EP on Spotify So, in the in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Uh, give them a follow on social media, and every time they've got a, a show coming up, if you're in Nova Scotia, make sure you, you go and check them out. They're a great band. Uh, you can also find Global Blue Nosers on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram by, by searching for Global Blue Nosers. And if you are a Global Blue Noser, just like Charles and just like some of the, the folks that are coming in the episodes uh, that are dropping next, Uh, and you want to be featured in an episode, uh, send me a note. My email's uh, down in the show notes, so I'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked the episode, audio issues and all, give us a five-star review, and that's going to help other people find Global Blue Nosers as they're searching for their next next podcast. So come on back next time. Uh, Our guest will be Nick Scrimmager, uh, based in Toronto, uh, another uh, person I've gotten to know over the years who is uh, endlessly proud of his Nova Scotia roots. So come on back and learn all about Nick in our next episode. And thanks so much for uh, sticking with me through episode episode two. Uh, and we will talk to you next time.